Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, we have Kurt Haas of Iron Haas coming to you from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Kurt, what's going on, my man? How are you? Yeah, good, man. How are you? Excited. I am. I'm doing tremendous. I'm excited to pick your brain. Fitness is certainly not a new venture for you, Kurt. We got the chance to chat a little bit before starting this recording, and you have been a part of a number of different experiences within the industry. But Iron Haas is the latest iteration of that. For people who aren't familiar with you or aren't familiar with the brand, give me kind of the, the elevator pitch. What is this gym and, and how do you describe what you do? So Iron Haas Gym um, is part of our overall brand, Iron Haas Gear. My last name's Haas, so that's how it came out. But what we're really doing with this facility, it's a smaller boutique style gym um, that we put together looking for clients that want something private, 24-7 access, um, but something that they can really enjoy the environment in, feel safe to train, uh, not be overwhelmed in the bigger clubs, not feel like people are watching them, come and go as they please because schedules are all over the place, especially now with COVID and the, you know, the ramifications of working from home and that kind of thing. So a place for them to get out, um, you know, it's well set up. It's 1300 square feet. It's not the largest facility we've ever owned, but what we're doing with this is really trying to bring it down to a, a good nuts and bolts quality facility that members can truly enjoy and kind of, think of it as their own place that they can come in and work on themselves and work on their, their transformations and work on their mental as well as their physical aspects. So something really a tight community is what we're looking to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so take us back to when this whole idea popped in your head. I understand. And as I already mentioned, been a part of a number of different ventures. Yeah. When did the idea for this pop into your head? Hey, I can take this a little bit more one-on-one. So um, I had a couple of bigger facilities over the years, like you said, in one way or the other, over the last 25, 30 years, I've owned different gyms. I've owned fitness and supplement retail uh, stores, and I've always come back to the gym. I, I love training. Uh, even when I drifted, I, I still still hit the gym. I still like having a gym, being part of a gym. Um, we had closed our larger facility just before COVID, actually. There was just, we'd gotten too big. There was too much going on. I was burnt out. I was 398 pounds. I'm a, I'm a power lifter. I'm a bench press guy, but I was also a big fat guy at the same time. Um, so I wasn't working out. I wasn't taking care of myself. I was just burnt out 18 hours behind the counter. So from a business end, it was just a constant hustle. Um, I wasn't enjoying it. I wasn't uh, being true to who I'm supposed to be for myself, let alone for my clients. So uh, we made the hard decision to close and, and sort of just... Um, stop the hemorrhaging and the stress and that kind of thing and, and sort of pull back for a bit and and just figure out what we wanted to do next um that was august of 2018 as i'm figuring that out and recovering um COVID hits march of 2019 and all gyms are hammered all gyms are shut down so uh, like i was saying earlier i like to tell people i was a genius and i saw this coming but i also just realized that you know things work out for a reason so one thing that we realized is the need for training, in my opinion, supersedes the physical aspect as far as uh, weight loss and getting stronger. That's wonderful, but it was really the mental aspect 
that took a took a sharp hit with people not having a way to take care of themselves, relieve stress, uh, you know, channel their anxiety, their their anger, their fear, whatever. And we saw that's become huge during COVID. Um, so what we ended up doing, my training partners and I ended up training out of my garage. I have a double car size garage. I kept some of the equipment. Uh, it's March and up here in Canada, it's still pretty cold. And we had propane heaters going and we were hammering out workouts and it was like old school. We were just, you know, just five of us hammering out phenomenal workouts, back, getting back into training. And we realized, or I realized that it wasn't the size of the space that really mattered. It was really about having a place to go, a place to be comfortable, to be safe and to get this out of our system, take care of ourselves. So as we sat there and we were talking about things, uh, my partner Claude and I, we, we decided that what was good for us would be something more private, smaller, that we could keep that closeness, that community going, but also from a business point of view, not knowing where things were going with COVID and changes and stuff like that. We were at the mercy of the government and regulations. We decided we'd find something that was small and much more manageable so that if we had to, you know, keep the windows painted up and keep the gym going, we could do that with 30, 35 members and stuff. You can't do that with 500 members. Um, so that was a decision that we were ready to do ourselves, kind of our pushback on some of the things that were happening. Um, but we also realized that with the way gyms are changing and the larger facilities, I think the future is in smaller micro gyms and smaller facilities. I mean, you said it earlier, you know, gym owners, we get into it because we want to work out. We want to get in shape. We fall in love with it. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to open up a gym. I'm tired of this stupid rule of my gym and, and that kind of thing. So we get in there and we're great at training and lifting and doing all that, but we're not great at business, right? Or it's too much to handle. There's a lot going on. And what do we end up feeling? We need to be bigger. We need to be bigger. What's the solution? More square footage. <laughs> it's an right? ego problem. Exactly, right? You know, yeah. so we're like, you know yeah. what? I need two more thousand square feet. You know what? I need $100,000 more fitness equipment. When really what you need is systems and being able to do things at a better level. And you know what? Enjoy it. Be, be yeah. Enjoy the process and your purpose and stuff. So that was kind of where we decided that the small boutique gym worked on so many levels from a business point of view, from having our own place, a, a smaller culture that we could effectively, um, you know, basically teach and, and, and take care of our clients at a higher level, more touch points with less effort, if that makes yeah. sense. So that's kind of and how so, we decided we're gonna hit that. Yeah, and so much, le much fewer moving parts here, fewer things to have headaches about. I think anybody that's been in the, the quote unquote big box model before knows You've got 500 members, first of the month comes around, you're going to be 30 emails deep in declined credit cards, you're going to be phone ringing nonstop, you're going to be, it's it's not as glory, glorious as the industry makes it out to be. Absolutely. Now that you have kind of switched this model, we've got a, squal a smaller footprint, but a more in-depth service from what it sounds like. How has the marketing changed here, Kurt? How do you attract the type of clientele that you're looking for within this new model? So yeah, ideally the client that we're looking for or that ends up kind of gravitating towards us is typically over 40 to 50, uh, some 60 year olds. And the reason some of that came about is that they've got less patience to be sitting around in the big gym waiting for two pieces of equipment while there's you know six 20 year olds on there with their cell phones taking selfies and stuff. So that's part of a time management. Uh, part of it, I think, too, is what we focus on is you can come here and be yourself. Uh, we're here to get better. We're not here to be judged or feel like we're being judged. You know, when you're out of shape and broken, you feel all eyes are on you. 
And uh, that's intimidating. So that's another aspect that we'd like to focus on so that people feel that they can come in here, be vulnerable while they're working on themselves, but feel safe at the same time in, in, a, in a surrounding of uh, other members and owners that care, that want you to do well, that, that want to you know, help you do what you have to do because it's hard to make those changes, right? That kind of thing. It's simple, but it's not easy. And that's the one thing we talk about all the time. So we really want to build that, that atmosphere for it overall so that people can value the facility and what we offer at a higher level. And on the business end, they'll pay more for that. Yeah, this, it's certainly a different financial exchange, at least, as far as spreading the word, getting new people interested in this kind of a service. How prevalent is the internet and social media for you? As somebody who's been in the industry as long as you have, have you adopted that? Has that been a bigger part of this business now that you are kind of starting over in this kind of new beginner business? You know, the, um, the biggest thing that, that we focused on and it kind of just, it happens, but at the same time, I knew it was happening and I knew it was a good thing is uh, using Facebook. Uh, I feel the majority of people on Facebook are, are that 40 to 60 year old. That seems to be that platform that they tend to be more comfortable with as opposed to the you know, younger generation on TikTok or Instagram and that kind of thing. Um, and that's a place where I'm comfortable is on Facebook. So if you look, I've got three or four pages. My personal thing is there. And, and one thing I started doing as I was closed the facility, the big one, and I was kind of figuring things out through COVID, like I said earlier, I was 398 pounds, uh, broken, uh, tired, miserable, feeling terrible. So I knew I had to do something. And I knew, always knew that weight training and, you know, working out was always what saved me, what always would allow me to pivot and stuff. So I said, hey, I got all this time on my hands. I'm, I'm at home working out of the garage. Let's start working out. And all I started doing on Facebook was just, telling people what I was up to and posting progress. Hey, I lost five pounds. And, you know, here's a picture of my weight scale. Here's a picture of me standing around in my underwear. And uh, <laughs> I would just do that weekly, daily and weekly. And I'll tell you, um, it blew up. Uh, people, guys, that people that knew me already in the industry from the stores and the gym and stuff uh, that were also struggling would send me messages. Kurt, uh, I see what you're doing. Will you train me? Uh, and I'm like, sure. And next thing you know, I had two clients coming to my garage you know, sneaking in because it was COVID and they were afraid that, you know, the neighbors would see and stuff. And I started doing personal training, something I said I would never do again because I got burnt out on it. I started doing, uh, and then one client became two and then two became three. And the next thing you know, I was doing almost 30 hours a week out of my garage. And again, it's a double car garage with a power rack, a few adjustable benches and some dumbbells. And from a business point of view, I was on par to generate a hundred thousand dollars in revenue in personal training. And it, it just made me realize that there's something here. Um, but really all I did was just talk about what I was up to, my struggles, what I was doing. So I just used my social proof and the truth of what I was going through and just used Facebook A as personal accountability, but B showing other people what I was up to. And then when I quickly realized that it was striking a chord and people were reaching out, um, just kept doing it. I haven't, I haven't put an ad out for personal training ever. Uh, since I've been doing that, we run a couple of, you know, we do a lot of posts on Facebook and on Instagram about the gym and about our gear and stuff, but I've never put a special out. I've never said, Hey, come join my gym, save 25 bucks a month. None of that. It's truly us doing our thing. And now we have some great testimonials and stuff of our clients that have lost, you know, 30, 40, 50, hundred pounds. So we push that out a little bit, but quite honestly, it's just, this is what I'm up to. This is what I'm doing. And 
people are attracted to that because they see the success, but they also see the struggle. And that's yeah. been lights out for us, lights out. It sounds almost entirely organic. I mean, you used Facebook to document this and it's, it's resonated with people. You mentioned, I haven't put an ad out for personal training. Is there a reason why you haven't gone that route? Absolutely. I was broke. Right. I, I, there was no, funds to, there was no funds to put 50, a hundred, $200 a day into Facebook ads and stuff like that. There just, it wasn't there. Like I said, I was coming out of uh, shutting the gym down and in debt and trying to clear things up and stuff. And, you know, a couple maxed out credit cards, like, you know, I, I and again, I take full responsibility, but I was getting the shit kicked out of me on all ends and yeah. stuff like that. So there was no opportunity to turn around and, you know, Hey, let's take our 18% marketing budget and let's do this with it. There was no 18%. I think that's a really important point for us to talk about because so many people are probably in similar shoes who eventually will listen to this recording. It's for a small business and, and even with the larger footprint, it's still a small business. Yeah. We don't have Apple, Coke, Pepsi level marketing budget. And so any sort of dollars that are going out the door, we need to be really, really confident that it's going to bring something back in. Absolutely. A lot of the time, Facebook ads or Instagram ads or whatever the platform, Google, gym owners don't understand it that well. So that confidence that that money is going to come back is just not there. You know what I mean? We, we don't have that confidence. Do you think in the future that that's something that you'll look at as an option? 100%. We're actually in the process now of starting to look at bringing on um, I have, I have a person who does a lot of our social media posts. I pay them a few dollars a week to do it for us and stuff. Um, but we are going to be sitting down looking at a couple agencies that we're going to actually start diverting a specific amount of funds per month to do this and then sit down and track and see where, you know, how the, how the algorithms and, you know, all the cool social media words, you know, that kind of stuff, but basically seeing what's our return on our investment, what's our ROI and what's happening. Cause I truly believe, you know, once you know what you're, you're, you have a, a marketing thing that works. So for us, it was our, you know, here's my story. Here's what I'm doing. Here's our other clients. We know that works. So what if I plug $5 a day into that? Will I get $15 back? If we can figure out that ratio, then it's a matter of keep plugging dollars in, in something that works. The cool part about Facebook ads and stuff, so I, I, I love the concept, is that you can learn a lot with 50 bucks as well. You can tell if there's some traction. You can't do that with print. You can't do that with radio. You can't do that old school stuff. It still boggles my mind. They still come around trying to sell you that shit because there's just way too much dollars for a poor ROI and no way of really seeing if it's effective for another 60 days and things move too fast and burn money burns too fast and stuff like that. So it's definitely something we we're starting to look at now moving forward. Yeah. Take me to the next step in the process. Obviously interest and in, in leads are just one half of the equation at a certain point, we need to have some sort of financial exchange from this person to actually sign up. Yeah. When you get somebody interested, what is that process typically like? What does it entail? How are people actually going about signing up? So what I do is the moment someone shows interest, usually it's a direct message or whatever. I actually try to do exactly this. I try to get them on a Zoom call. If they're you know not able to come and see me that day, I'm like, all right, let's find 15 minutes as soon as possible. Let's get a call going. And then I start talking to them finding out what's going on with them. What are their pain points? What are their issues? You know, so some old school school, you know, sales tactics, right? What's, what's the solution that we can solve? What is the problem that we can provide a solution for? Uh, touch on the pain points, right? So they get a little emotionally involved in it and stuff, obviously. Uh, not nefariously, and we're not trying to sell them $30,000 personal training packages. Uh, that's not our machine. But at the same token, I'm big on 
you know, let's fucking be real here. What's going on? What's happening? You know, so I'm dealing with a Sally 250 or a Steve 300, um, you know, having been 400 pounds, I know 90% of what the problems are and the issues are because I lived it. Right. And it's still, it's going to be a part of me forever. So I'm able to be empathetic, but also pull things out of them that they normally wouldn't say to someone that has never been overweight or doesn't get it. Right. So there's a connection there. And then I do my best just to, here's how I can help. Here's what I know is going to work, you know, that kind of thing. And then I work on pull the trigger. Here's your three options. Here's some personal training packages. Here's how our gym membership works. And then I just shut my mouth and next person to speak loses. You know that that's old school. Yeah. Sales, right. But sales I get to the point rather quick. Uh, the key is to get them uh, in front of me as soon as possible. That's really it. Get the, get sure. them while they're ready to make that decision. And again, I really stress the fact that I'm not doing it in a way to be, you know, I don't like the term. There's, there's enough used car salesy, right? shisty techniques. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So I, I never want us to be that way. That's not what we, we really give a shit. We really care. However, the one thing that I was really bad at is asking for the sale and, you know, getting the, the value and, and, and charging what it's worth and stuff. I was really bad at that. It, it was an uncomfortable conversation and stuff. And that cost me, that cost me financially, that cost me in business, that cost me in confidence, that cost me in buy-in from the client. You know, when a client comes in and they spend good money, they're going to be, they're buying in at a higher level. They're committing themselves to a higher level. And I'll tell them that, you know, when they say, oh, I don't know, you know, uh, you know, hundred, hundred dollars a month for your gym membership. I could join uh, fit for less for $11. I'm like, do it. If you, if it worked, you yeah. would have done it already. Right. Or I'll say, hey, listen, how much yeah. did you spend on pizza and beer last month? And I said, we're going to spend half of that uh, on your gym membership and you're going to have yeah. money left over in your pocket. So I, I really, and you could realistically that. probably charge two or three times what you do. I call the bullshit right away on it and stuff. Yeah. And I'm more comfortable doing it because I know it is bullshit and I'm more confident in what I, what I have to offer. The other thing is, you know, too, being around for a long time, you know, when you have a good product, you know, when you, your system works, when your training is good, you know, when you produce results, um, you just have to understand that when you have something that's good, you need to charge for it adequately as well, because it's also not fair to yourself as an individual, right? To sell yep. yourself short, because when you're suffering to pay the rent and you're suffering to pay utilities and you're fucking working 18 hours a day, your client doesn't give a shit, right? They don't care, you know, nor should they, right? That yep. kind of thing. So just because you want to cut yourself a thousand times and bleed to death doesn't mean most people are willing to do it, right? So that was a big area of uh, thinking I had to change over the last couple of years. Some things I want to highlight in your, your sales process. We're asking hard hitting questions because you've been on the other side of the table, you know, and we have empathy for what the person is going through. Yeah. But you've done it a thousand times before. And so we've cut out a lot of the fluff, but at the same time, it's not a, it's not a pressured do this or you're never coming back sort of scenario. It's, Hey, this is what we offer. This is how I see you succeeding. Yeah. How do you want to proceed? 100%. I think, I think the industry could benefit a lot from that sort of sentiment. I think it's either gone one of two ways. It's either incredibly high pressured, you need this sign up or else, or completely the opposite in that there's no sales process and you basically hand the person a price list and hope and pray that they decide to sign up. Yeah. I think we need to be pulling from both sides and meet somewhere in the middle on that one. We definitely need a process. I think we need to come up with our, our, 
you know, every gym has a different personality. Every owner has a different personality. But like you said, there's certain things that just work and it doesn't matter how you fucking dress them up. You've got to, you know, get leads. You've got to contact your leads. You've got to do your presentation and then you've got to ask for the sale. And then at at the end of that, it only works long-term is if you have a really good product, right? So I I see a lot of gyms and for myself would have a phenomenal product, but, you know, I'm not unable to ask for the sale or charge what it's worth and stuff. Uh, or super greasy, you know, high pressure sales and stuff like that. Operate on scarce tactics, only three spots left, you know, and uh, price doubles at midnight and that kind of horse shit and stuff like that. Right. Um, so we want to use somewhat, you know, Hey, it's time to pull the trigger. You know, it's time to make the changes, but I, I, I don't want us. And I don't think, I think the, the, the consumer is a little more savvy nowadays too. They know when they're being hard sold, right. That kind of thing. They know that oh, yeah, buying when, patterns are totally different. The sales they know guy, more about your gym before they even step foot through it that because odds are they're watching you on facebook they've been referred so they already know most of the questions and the most of the answers and stuff like that you just need they're asked they're basically setting it up so you can connect to them directly yeah now as you look to the future with this we've got this model a little bit more solidified we've got a marketing idea at least it sounds like there's still action to be taken there sales process is much more solidified than it has been where do you see the future of this business, Kurt? What's kind of the, the so longer term the vision for you? The industry of itself or my specific? For your specific, where do you where do you want to take this whole thing? So what we really like, we, we're really liking this boutique thing. Um, the 24-7 access has been good. Not being stuck behind the counter uh, for ourselves has been super valuable so that we're not burning out. We're not here from, you know, I'm here at five in the morning because I have clients up until 10 or 11, but then I book for a couple hours and that's a nap, tanning, whatever, that kind of stuff. And then I come back in work on some business with Claude. Claude covers more in the middle of the day. Then I hang out. So we've worked something out really cool that way. But really what we see happening, and one of the things we did here is we bought the commercial condo that we're in. Now we still have a mortgage. It's not like we just fucking, you know, pulled out the bag of money, but the other but you're your landlord. We're a, we're a, we're a slumlord. We're our own slumlord. Um, but what we're looking to do as well is I sat back and looked at and and, and Chloe was a big influence on this as well. Is that h- how much money over the years I spent in rent, millions of dollars, right? So here's an opportunity that we're using uh, this this small boutique setup. Run it tight, run it smart, but then also start to build some real equity and asset uh, in a company that owns property at the same time. Right. So in 10, 15 years from now, we're like, oh, I'm tired. I'm done. You know, let's do this, sell the business. But we still have the property that we could either sell or rent out or lease out and stuff. So where we see things going is having the gym upstairs, the retail, um, the branding, you know, uh, back end sales for the clients. They're going to buy the protein somewhere. Might as well be from you. They're going to love your gym. So they're going to want to wear your shirts and hoodies. So they might as well be from you. So we're putting all that together. And then our goal is open up one this we're in the east end of ottawa as well we'd like to open up a version of this in the south end in the west end um that kind of thing so that we're able to you know 30 to 50 members it's not hard to find that in a pocket area but use it to keep building um, our real estate but also to build a brand and to start to do some good um smart growth overall and 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 the essence for me and and you know i love you to hear what you think about this i think the boutique gym is the future for the next little bit i really do I think we're going that way. And, and uh, I think as a quality of life for owners, 
I think this is something, a chance for people to uh, live a better life as a gym owner, as opposed to what they get stuck in the mill overall. So smaller spots, more locations, build up our real estate holdings, build the brand. You know, like I say, everybody come in, we're here to, you know, we're here to sell some muscle and sell some hoodies, you know, that kind of stuff. That's, that's, you know, what we love doing, but deliver results for our clients in a cool atmosphere. That's a little bit different than everybody else. Yeah. I think there's been an interesting dynamic shift and I think it's easy to measure it as far as pre COVID post COVID mm -hmm. pre COVID. So many owners were, how big a facility can I get? How many bodies can I shove through the doors? How much dollars in equipment can I have? Yeah. And I think you're right in that kind of perspective shift and we're seeing at least maybe we don't need 2000 members. Maybe I don't need 30,000 square feet. Let me take this small pocket of members and serve them at an exponential level. The people that were already willing to spend money in the other model, people that are willing to spend money now, let me serve them at a higher capacity. I can give them training. I can give them nutrition. I can give them supplements. I can give them apparel, all of the things that you're mentioning. Fitness has so many different tangible wallets, mm -hmm. if you will. We can tap into all of those. And these are a much more bought in audience than the people who might show up once or twice a month. That's right. Or you got to chase them for their payments all the time. And if you got to chase, yeah. you know, Sally for, you know, her $24.99 payment a month or whatever it is, or bi-weekly and stuff like that, she's not buying a $60 hoodie off you. She's not buying your $85 isolate protein. They're not. So you're just spinning your wheels on that shit. And if you have 2000 members, well, you have to have a size of facility and a machine big enough that your break even is probably 1,100 members, you know, 1,200 members. So, yeah, you got lots of zeros. Man, you're sweating that out a lot just to, to get to a point where you're profitable and stuff. So it's what you keep at the end, not what you break. It's a, it's a race to the bottom that yeah. nobody wins. That's yeah. for sure. Kurt, that's a really great place for us to start to wrap our conversation up. Before we do that, yeah. where can people learn a little bit more about what you guys have going on? What's the best website? What's the best social media? Yeah, if you head over to uh, ironhoss.com, and uh, that has um, basically a, a four-section thing that has our gym, our supplements, our accessories, kind of like and our meats, the, things, the four different, you know, the four horsemen that we work with and stuff. It uh, gives you a little branch into that. You can go to kurthaas.com. That's my personal blog page that uh, I put, you know, stuff that I'm specifically up to and that kind of thing. And then obviously use those same words and find us on, on Facebook and stuff. Uh, you know, Facebook's the thing I'm most interactive with, but we're trying to be on a, on a few channels deeply. Uh, and yeah, I'm big on if someone reaches out for, wants to have a conversation, I really, my pay it forward, especially coming through this is gym owner out there sees this and wants to talk specifically about anything they're going through or just needs someone to talk to DM me, message me. I'm happy to have a conversation. I want to pay that shit forward because you know what? We said that earlier and I said it to Fernando when we were setting it up. Um, this is a lonely fucking business and, and, you know, you're inside your head a lot and that kind of thing. And, you know, for me, one of the great things I have is I have a great partner that we're like two brothers doing this. So that helps, but that's hard to find as well. So uh, at the end of the day, I, I put myself out there. Someone needs to talk or shoot the shit or has an idea, you know, message me. I'll connect I'll, with Kurt on absolutely. one of more platforms. Absolutely. Kurt, this has been awesome, man. I really appreciate your willingness to share and oh. your perspective on the industry 
it sounds like there's still a lot of moving parts and, and it doesn't sound like you're ready to hang up the boots yet. No, so no, we'll be, no. we'll be watching and, and yeah. cheering for you. I wish you nothing but the best, my man. Dude. And listen, I, this is an honor for, for you guys to reach out and, and, you know, give a shit about anything I have to say means a lot to me, obviously. Uh, you know, that, that does a lot for me to feel good about what I'm doing. And uh, I take that serious. So I, I really want to extend a, um, a grateful thank you to you guys. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, Thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will reach out to you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. My name is Brooke. Joining me today is Courtney from CrossFit AFK out of Holt, Michigan. Welcome to the show. How are you today, Courtney? It has been a long day. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. I hope that it is nothing but up from here and that the day goes by much more swiftly for you. Um, You know, I always love to talk about the business side of what you do, but before we kind of dive into that, give us a little bit of background, you know, ultimately what was it that led to you going and opening up your own fitness business? Yeah. So my partner and I have been, he's been doing CrossFit for a really, really long time. I just started, um, a couple few years ago, but, um, pretty much we just had a really good opportunity Um, we have been collecting equipment for years and years and years. So we just have a lot of stuff and we were able to open pretty small scale, um, just doing like personal training from the garage and kind of building up from there. Absolutely. Um, and so you guys like were fitness people. And so you went and you decided to kind of help other people become fitness people through, um, you know, this CrossFit kind of modality. So kind of give us the rundown of where things are right now and where you're looking to take things because we're in a kind of cool transition period. um, And I want our listener to kind of understand where you guys are at. Yeah, so we're in a a pretty unique situation, I would say. Uh, We just moved um, and we are in the process of building a pole barn, which will be our gym. So Um, Our pole barn's 24 by 40. We have put in all of the work ourselves. We've hired almost none of it out. Um, And then meanwhile, we both have full-time jobs. So it's kind of been like come home from work or get out of work. In my case, I work from home. So that's pretty convenient, but get out of work, go work on the pole barn, um, train a couple people here and there. And yeah, just try and build a couple clients at a time. I love that. Um, so, you know, the personal training side of things, how long have you been doing that? It sounds like for a while, but yeah, we've been, Jeffrey's been like personal training quotes, um, for a long time. Um, 
just without really like a gym name like he's had friends who have come over and done this and that he's kind of like the trainer head trainer I just kind of do everything else um and so he's been doing that a really long time and then officially we've been doing it since July of 2020 2020 we opened up and have had the name which is pretty cool amazing so um you guys kind of are a smaller scale affiliate you're an affiliate though right yep okay so smaller scale been doing this for a little while i would love for you to kind of paint a picture for us of like what the facility is going to look like once everything is installed and you're ready to go um so it's basically just going to be a pole barn it has 12 foot ceiling, so like kind of high-ish. We'll have a rope hanging in the middle, um, a couple rings hanging like in the middle, and then a rig on the left side that'll go across the whole 40 foot wall. And then pretty much just open space, we'll have some dumbbell racks on the walls and GHD, maybe some, uh, if we can get a couple more rowers, we have one right now, a couple bikes and just the works of, you know, the traditional CrossFit style gym. Awesome. So membership wise, kind of like what scale are you going to be able to take things to? Um, we're hoping to, I mean, ideally we, we grow out of this space because we are currently in a residential area and we don't want to be here for long, but we are we're cash flowing everything ourselves. So we're not willing to take a financial risk um, of that nature to move or sign a five-year lease somewhere with only, you know, we only have a handful of clients who like basically support the, the running of the business. So uh, hopefully we can grow out of this space in the next couple of years and then get into a new space and have, I mean, ideally we have like 150 members, but that's a long ways down the line. Yeah, but it's not like something that is impossible to to kind of get there. Mm -hmm. um, that's a pretty good number for a CrossFit box. Um, you know, we can always add classes to fit people in. There's a lot that we can do to make sure that we can hit that 150. But let's kind of talk about that growth process. What is your plan to acquire new clients um, at the facility? Um predominantly word of mouth we're kind of um it's kind of cool like in the Lansing area we're the only gym that has a certified CrossFit trainer so Jeffrey has his L3 he's the only person in this area who has that um there are no other as far as my research goes at any other gym nobody has that so that's kind of unique because we're able to like market that um, and we've even had people um, like who have seen the website who have reached out and said, hey, I'm interested in joining. And I noticed that you have the only certified CrossFit trainer in this area. That's pretty cool. Um, so I hope to use that kind of as a, a, a major point. But um, other than that, maybe like just some Facebook ads, Facebook shares, just social media. Um, yeah. That's I think it's really smart that you already foresee that those are areas of opportunity to use and grow your business. Cause like in 2022, everything is digital. I mean, like you and I are here from like many States away from one another meeting virtually. Um, and if it wasn't for the internet, we probably would have never gotten to have this conversation. And so we kind of have to look at it from a business standpoint, like the same way 
there's probably tons of people in our area that could really benefit from our services. Or maybe they are looking for somebody who has like that certification for CrossFit, but they yeah. just don't really know where to go to look it for it. So if we can reach them and like kind of stand there in front of them, it's amazing for our business and for, for our growth. Um, a lot of times, like, especially with CrossFit gyms, I hear, oh, we're just going to like grow through word of mouth. Like that's how we're going to get to those numbers. And like, it's not realistic. I mean, we could probably get to 150 clients through word of mouth, but it's going to probably take like seven, eight, nine years. And nobody wants to grow their business that slow. I mean, I definitely want to try to become profitable as quickly as possible. So no doubt. Um, okay. So, you know, I always think it's interesting to ask, uh, this question, you know, in the growth process so far, you know, the building process and kind of figuring things out, what do you feel like has been your biggest bottleneck or your biggest challenge? Uh, time, money. Um, I mean, like, I know that the service we provide is like excellent, but you know, we, we've just been, uh, struggling, like getting, the space built, finishing it out, like um, financing it all. Like I said, we're cash flowing everything ourselves. We have not taken any loans for it. Um, and so that has made things a little bit slower um, kind of as we as we grow into the whole new thing. But um, yeah, I would say just mostly time and money because we both work full-time jobs. And um, I mean, I'm a teacher, so, and he coaches full-time at another gym. So we're not like making millions of dollars, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, kind of taking, um, kind of, you know, figuring out like the processes in the very beginning, like, uh, when you don't have any loans or anything like that is very hard. And even if you do have loans, like you have to be smart with your finances, um, or, you know, things really, really add up. Like the overheads in this industry are super duper duper high. Yeah, that's why I've just been avoiding that because I don't want to, I just don't want to like be like, oh yeah, we have this, all this money and then spend it. And really we, we don't. <laughs> yeah. So once you guys kind of get things started in the new space, have you thought of additional ways to bring in revenue other than kind of those CrossFit classes to help cover the overheads? We have um, on the website, we sell some like four week programs that are really cheap. So that's um, been a little bit of an extra revenue that people just, you know, they buy them and then they do them at home. And it's like a warm up and a workout and a cool down and everything's all like written out really nicely. Um, we'll probably do just like personal training. And then otherwise, um, I don't know, maybe I've, I really like this is Oh me, but I really want to do like a morning yoga type thing, um, or like a Ramwad or something like that, where people just you know pay this super small amount, and it's either coach led by somebody who knows what they're doing in that area, or we just subscribe to Ramwad and do a Ramwad class in the mornings because I just I personally would like to do that, so I just feel like other people would too. Yeah, definitely. Like the more value usually that we can provide to our clients, the better off they are at reaching their goals, the longer they're going to stay with us, the more they're going to tell their friends. It's just kind of like an ongoing cycle of growth, like for our business. And so I love that idea of kind of, you know, that stretching sort of class. Um, have you guys, do you guys offer like nutrition accountability support at all right now? 
Uh, we will. I am three chapters away from finishing my Precision Nutrition L1, which is super, super exciting. So that's something that will come in the future as well. Definitely. Um, another great value add to like what you do, um, because like, it's not just fitness that we need in order to like see results, right? We have to make sure that the nutrition stuff is on point. And a lot of our clients like in CrossFit, like they don't always know that that's something that we offer. So if we can kind of market that to our clients and help them like see that that's something that can help them reach their results, it's huge. So next question I have for you, I like to call this my magic wand question. So if you could have a magic wand, all your dreams, all your goals for your business came true, what would that picture look like for you guys? Um, I would like a couple nice rowers, um, a bathroom that's not inside of my house for members, <laughs> you know, we're in the, our backyard, which doesn't have a bathroom currently. So they'll have to come into our home for that, which is okay. Um, but, you know, keeping it on the smaller scale as well, because I just don't want a bunch of foot traffic in my home. But, um, you know, the like a lot of the basics, really. I feel like if we, like, really, if you have the basics, you can be very successful. So we just, we need just a, like a couple, a handful more things, like equipment wise, and then facilities like um, like a bathroom would be great. Yeah, do the basics and do them like really, really well. Yeah. Um, if we can kind of do everything that we know really well, I think that that's like the perfect recipe for success. A lot of times like people make the mistake of doing too many things at once and, you know, we can't be good at everything. So yeah, no, um, we can't. <laughs> if you had to give a word of advice to somebody who is just starting their own fitness business today, because you've been personal training for a little while, um, what would that be? And, you know, I would love for you to share that with, with us. Um, hire an accountant. That's really smart. Um, what makes you say that? Like, <laughs> why is that your one piece of advice? <laughs> uh, well, I've been, I've been filing our taxes for the last two years, um, and it is, it's such a hassle. Um, it's so time consuming, keeping track of everything, which you have to do, I mean, as a business owner anyways, but just like, oh my Lanta, filing, it's, it's, filing business taxes is hard, um, and accountants are expensive, but you should just do it, and I should take my own advice too, but <laughs> yeah, that's my advice. I mean, I think it's smart because again, kind of goes back to like what we said before, we can't be good at everything, nor like, do I want to be like, I have genuinely no interest in becoming like good at accounting because I know that there's somebody out there who is amazing at it. Yeah. In fact, I think like accounting was the first class in college I ever like failed. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. I, I, um, I have a math major, so like it's a hassle. It's doable. It's a hassle. But accounting <laughs> is different than math, though, even like I think I took one accounting class and I was like, yeah, actually, I'm not going to go into this anymore. <laughs> it's so interesting because people are like, oh, it's so easy. It's just adding and subtracting. But I'm like, no, it's adding and subtracting a year's worth of everything. It's like it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. Thanks for bringing that up. That's one that I honestly like really haven't heard um, <laughs> on the podcast before. So I appreciate that. 
Um, and then where, lastly, where can we go if we want to follow along on your journey as you grow your business? Yeah, um, we have Instagram at CrossFit AFK. A, it stands for away from keyboard. So if you can get those first three letters, that's what it is. Um, Instagram, Facebook, CrossFit AFK, and I think that's it. Easy enough for us to find. How did you yeah. come up with that name? Like, what does that mean exactly to you guys? It's a gaming term. Jeffrey and his um, two best friends, like in high school, they were like, we want to be CrossFit AFK. And so it's been like, uh, it's been a thing their whole, this whole time. And then, um, so yeah, one of their, one of the three best friends who came up with it actually passed away in March of 2020. And that's kind of when we were like, all right, we just got to pull the trigger on this thing and just do it because we've just been for years we've just been putting it off so we pulled the trigger and then uh yeah now we're just crossfit afk which is away from keyboard and it's a gaming term and that's about what i know <laughs> okay cool well thanks for sharing that with us courtney thanks for being here today listeners thanks for tuning in don't forget if you want to stay notified about future episodes please hit like and subscribe and if you want to join us for an episode here at the gym lords podcast fill out the link in the description our team will be in touch with you soon as always until next time gym lords out Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Max Sutherland with MMAX out of the UK. Max, what is going on, man? How are you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm doing really well. Thank you very yeah. much. How are you doing? I'm always good. I'm always good. We appreciate you being here. We're excited to have you on. And I think we're ready to dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on with MMAX Gym. But, you know, first, let's take a step back and give the viewers some perspective. So if you can, in your own words, Max, how would you describe MMAX Gym and what you guys do? Okay. Uh, MMAX Gym. Um, it's, it's a play on words here. MMA and the X makes Max my name. Um, it's actually Deniston Max Sutherland, but I, I prefer Max as my first name. Okay. Um, mixed martial arts extremist. That's what the MMA X really means. Because I'm a mixed martial arts gym. That's, that's what I do. Uh, when I started out in 2009, I'd already been uh, training. So I started one. 2015, I think. What am I saying? 2005, I started training MMA. 
and competing. And you know, it's just a natural progression. I, I opened up a little room and started teaching people and uh, yeah, grew into what I am now. Uh, I moved into a bigger unit because I just wasn't getting the numbers and uh, spent two years or two or three years in the, the unit. Then I moved back to the old place, smaller, but a lot more people in there now. And I also, a friend of mine has another gym and I also run a class there. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So a little bit of a journey there. And so, you know, um, I'm curious, you know, how, how many members are you serving currently? Between, uh, uh, so I run MMAX gym out of another, another uh, branch, another, okay. not branch, another gym, but you know, my brand. Um, and between the two gyms, 70, about 70 members. 70. Okay. And for you, and I think everybody's different, Max, and especially like you being more of like a studio uh, and, and a, or I guess you could call it um, combat sports, right? We like to call it combat it sports. So it is. in this case, you know, what's been the best method of getting new people interested and through the doors for you? Uh, competition. Um if you have fighters in the gym, you know, active fighters, uh, it normally brings in a lot of interest. You know, the guys go out and they compete, uh, especially if they do well. Uh, they always get asked, where do you train? You know, and they, their friends will want to come and train as well because most of the time, you know, we're all just mates. We all go out and drink together. And then uh, one of us goes and does this crazy thing that they jump in a cage and fight people. And everybody thinks that, oh, I'd like, you know, I'd like to do a little bit of that. Maybe not the actual jump into the cage and fight, but at least learn to fight. So <clears throat> that's where most of my clients come from, from when my guys go out to compete. So the more fighters I have in the gym, the more people, you know. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so would you say you guys are, are more of a gym that welcomes fighters, average Joes? Like, how would you, like, what would you, put yours in a box like if you had to say you were one or the other um, i'd say i would say especially when it comes to mma um, most or mma or anything along those lines competitive uh, martial arts most of the gym is keep fit but it's built around the fighter so you gotcha. subsidize your fighters because you know fighters are broke <laughs> they, they spend so much time training if you want to take it seriously, um, you have to do that as your job. So you have to spend more time in the gym training than you do at work. Um, I don't know, stacking shelves or mixing cement. Yeah, so uh, the fighters need a little bit of subsidy, as in you don't charge them for every single thing. Now uh, you give them free classes here and there, and then they in turn may, may be able to get a couple of clients you know, to supplement, you know, the money they're not earning at the other job while they fight. So they get a couple of personal training clients, not in a strict sense where, you know, if they have a level three um, personal training certificate, but teaching somebody how to fight. Most of the time it's their friends they hang around with anyway. So 50 pounds here, 50 pounds there. It makes yeah. up, it adds up at the end. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I'm curious to see this too, because I, I, I know obviously square footage will always play a factor, but I mean, with the amount of members you have now, if leads, okay. traffic, clients, all these things were hypothetically unlimited, I mean, how much higher could you guys go in terms of capacity? Oh, it's how many hours at the end of day. It's not very mm, scalable. You can get a bigger gym. Um, that comes with its own problems. Because of how intimate the martial arts is, um, people develop relationships. So what I noticed when I had the bigger square footage, um, which is about, uh, I'd say about six to eight times the size of the one I have now. I had a lot of groups of people, like cliques, just spotted around the gym and <clears throat> just created a lot of problems, a lot of interpersonal stuff, you know? So um, you get a lot of drama. There's a lot of, um, you know, people pairing up, People come to the gym to, to start affairs. So it comes with its own problems. And then being the, the coach, being the manager, you end up inheriting all those troubles. That's true. So um, it's not very scalable. However, like before COVID, I was, you know, saying to a friend of mine, we should start doing some stuff online, you know, because it's always been like... Um, it seems a bit fake for a martial artists, especially somebody who fights, that you're gonna go and learn online. But I've been learning online for years anyway. So, sure. it, you know, once you know the basics from a gym, uh, you really don't need to go every day of the week. You can sign up for a membership that gives you one session a week. And, um, and then you do the rest YouTube, you know. But yeah, it's not, I would, I have to say, it's not very scalable except for having the more square footage. Now, the thing with the UK is, um, like I can say definitely for the era that I live in, for, I, I live in um, the south or southeast of England. So London, thereabouts. Yes. Business rates to here. So the more square footage you have, the more they charge you for like, the business rates. So the place I moved to, to give you some perspective, I was paying business rates of uh, 25 grand a year. So that's before rent, before lease, you know, before any of the other bills, 25 grand. Moved back to the place which is like six to eight times smaller and I'm exempt. So I get to keep all my money. So, what I did was, and this is kind of calculated, but I, I was hoping it would work on the, the, the upper end, but it was to move from my small gym, go to a bigger gym, get some people, then move back to a smaller space. And um, if you can keep 50% of your clients, then, then you're laughing. You understand? Yeah, so that's, no, 100%. Yeah. Saying that now, if I move from Southeast, to Midlands, so that's up like Birmingham, uh, you know, moving upwards to the north, uh, business rates up there, almost nothing. So, and, and then gym membership, where I can charge somebody a hundred pounds here for uh, uh, the, my, my highest package, I could charge them maybe 30, 40 pounds for the highest package up north. 
still. Oh, so the, yeah. And they saved as a penny earned, right? So if I can keep the money that I get, it would be best than to give a 25,000 away every year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got you on that. And um, now for you, I mean, I know, I mean, it, it is again, a total different world. And I think a lot of gyms are like, oh, I want to grow into this big gym. I want to do this. I want to expand. What's the bigger picture for you? Let's say five, 10 years down the road. What are you really trying to accomplish with the gym? It would be a bigger gym, but it would also be um, like I've always, well, I didn't always know this, but I found out that you can't fill a gym with fighters. And and that's sort of where my passion is. I like, because I'm still a fighter, you know, I like to um, get as many fighters as I can. But if you focus on the fighters, then you lose the, the keep fitters. You know, the people who just wants to get in shape and learn a bit of martial arts. You know, somebody coined the, the phrase um, functional fitness, right? So do something that actually is useful and gets you fit. So in, in 10 years time, hopefully, there's a, a gym with, say, a turnover of 200 people, 200 on your basic and, you know, people coming in every month anyway, and they're all paying the basic membership. That's a good business model and franchised. So a few gyms around the area. At the moment, I have um, a little affiliation with a few other gyms where we can all go to each other's gyms. And um, so when I sign somebody up, they know they have five different gyms they can go to without paying any extra money. It'd be good if all those five gyms were like mine. Yeah. Yeah. And all in that same radius. I think that makes a lot of sense yes. because now you're, you're not limiting yourself to anything. And I think, uh, and if, it also depends on location, right? Cause I think if, location. If, yeah. if you have to drive, you know, five, 10 miles, I mean, and it's, it's not like walkable to get to these places all the time. I mean, it makes a lot well, of sense, you know? Well, so, uh, the, you find a lot of people work, a bit of a drive away from home. So if you if you're like in the same sort of neighbor close to work and close to home, you know, you have affiliates or you have another gym, you can keep the client. Sometimes the client spend more time in work. So by the time they actually have to jump on the train or whatever, get home, they get home, they have no time for training. So you have to have your gym near to work. Sometimes it's the opposite. They spend more time at home. So, yeah. It's true. Like it's you true. said, location. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, got, I got two more questions for you here. You know, if you can go back in time here, Max, to when you first started the gym, right? Sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started. What would that advice be for you? Sorry, but... Oh. Yeah. So one piece of advice when I just started the gym, mm -hmm. uh, focus more on um, the ninety percent crowd, less on the not so less, but you know, more on the ninety percent crowd, which is keep fit. Um, I hammered all my guys. I treated them all like fighters, and unfortunately, not everybody's a fighter, so some people will leave. So I had a very thin 
<laughs> well, it was very lean, put that way, <laughs> for many years because I was I was a fighter myself, as in I was actively fighting five times a year, so always training. Wow. So that was one of the things. Um, the focus is always important. You can you can be one or the other, and being an active fighter, I'm not an effective uh, coach. Not like I can teach you whatever you want to learn, but um, I then I got to go and do my stuff. You know, unfortunately, when you um, focused on somebody that much, like a fighter trying to get a fighter up the ranks, um, they need a bit more than you just teaching them in the gym for that one session. It's like being a daddy as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so that's yeah. like that's one aspect you could go if you want to be a fighter's gym i'm sure there's many very successful fighters gym i mean think about like the greg jacksons and whatnot the tristar gyms you know um but uh it's it's hit and miss if you have a couple of champions earlier they will bring the, the crowd to your gym but if you focus on the fitness just people wanting to learn a bit of martial arts, never want to fight, um, but you know want a good environment to train in. If I focused on that, I think I'd have made a lot more money. So, on the business aspect, that's what I'd focus. That's the advice I'd give myself: focus on the keep fitters. I love that. I love that. And so, one last question here, which I know we've kind of discussed already, but instead of the long-term goal, you know, what's uh -huh. that short-term goal that you feel like you're really trying to accomplish within the end, by the end of the year? Like what's that end goal look like for you here? I'm not end goal, but you know, what's the big goal you're trying to accomplish by the end of the year? Uh, I, I get the feeling you're asking me a question about the business here, but um, big goal I have in my head is not about my business, not this martial arts business anyway, because this is going, it's, 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 it's got its own legs. Um, so I, I haven't got any big things set up for the, this year. I'm moving house soon, actually. And I will be setting up another gym in the neighborhood I'm going to because it's quite far away. Um, but that's next year. This year, my other goals are different. They're not gym-wise. In the gym, we're good. We're just ticking over. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's a mic drop of an answer there, Jason. It's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, I mean, if you have any social media, a Facebook website, let the viewers know where can they find out more about you and the gym? Okay, cool. Um, I have, have a couple of websites. Uh, there's one thing I've been, you know, talking to fighters about anybody who could listen really in the, in the, in recent times, it's about owning their own content, you know, um, like a lot of fighters, have the all the socials right and they put all their content on there and make no money from it and i think like me personally i got a bunch of fights on um that it was on youtube before and recently not recently but you know the past few years like people have been asking me where are your fights can i find your fights there's a few of them on there but most of them are on fight pass ufc fight pass so now if I want to watch my fights, I have to pay the UFC to watch them. <laughs> and I've been trying to get people to, fighters to, 
you know, set their own websites up. So that being said, I, I set up a website. Um, it's called MMAX Deniston, as in my my fight brand and my name at mmaxdeniston.net. So it's a web um, domain name and uh, hosting selling website. So if you want to set your website up, you can buy a domain name on there or and a hosting package or just a hosting package, transfer your domain name, set up your website and start you know, promoting yourself. I think if you have a Facebook page and an Instagram page, you should have a website. You can put all your stuff on there. Agreed. All your premium content, you know. Agreed. So that's one mmaxdeniston.net, and um, yeah, I'm on Deniston Sutherland on Facebook and on Instagram. There we go. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds here, Max, I just want to let you know how you can get the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. I'm just going to go ahead and sign everybody else out over here. Okay. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us, talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.